Welcome to 5 at 8. I'm Mark Overman, and I'm here with Linda Carlisle on Thursday, November 30th, 2023. Here's the day's top news. In this episode, we will talk about the European Commission's backup plan to mitigate the impact of a tariff on electric vehicles between the EU and UK, a US military aircraft crash in Japan, Wall Street's excitement over stocks, the UK Biobank releasing genetic data for scientific study, and the U.S. Justice Department charging an Indian national for a murder-for-hire plot on American soil. Story number one. The Guardian reports that the European Commission has developed a backup plan to mitigate the impact of a 10% tariff on imports and exports of electric vehicles, EVs, between the EU and UK. The proposal, presented to member states, aims to cushion the effects of the tariff set to take effect on the 1st of January 2024. The main measure in the plan is to extend the validity of the 2023 official statements of the origin for EVs into 2024, ensuring compliance with 2023 rules when the tariff did not apply. However, the car industry is still pushing for a three-year suspension of the tariff to allow time for the establishment of new battery factories and supply chains. The CEO of Renault and president of the European Automobile Manufacturers Association warned that failure to lift the tariff could cost the industry billions of euros. Germany and other countries support the suspension, while France argues that it would require reopening the Brexit trade agreement. Where I see it, Linda, this 10% Brexit tariff on electric vehicles is a hurdle, sure, but it's not an insurmountable one. The car industry has faced bigger challenges. Remember the 2008 financial crisis? Jobs were on the line. Companies faced bankruptcy, but they bounced back. With determination and hard work, this industry can tackle this head-on, too. Hmm. I see your point, Mark. But we can't simply brush off the cost implications. The Renault CEO himself has pointed out it could cost the industry billions of euros. And it's not just about the financial impact on car manufacturers. Think of the consumers, the everyday folks looking to make the switch to electric. This tariff could potentially drive up prices, making electric vehicles less accessible for many. Look, I agree. It's a hefty tariff, but it's also a catalyst for change. Companies are now racing to build their own battery production capabilities within the EU. This could lead to less reliance on imports, more jobs, and a boost to the local economy. Isn't that a silver lining, Linda? Yes, indeed. But at what cost, Mark? We're looking at a potential disruption of the market dynamics, and it's the smaller players who might bear the brunt. And while we're on the topic of jobs, Let's not forget the potential job losses at the Chinese battery manufacturing companies. It's a ripple effect, Mark, and we need to consider all perspectives. All right, Linda, I see where you're coming from. But at the end of the day, this tariff might just be the push the industry needs to innovate and evolve. Yes, there will be challenges, there will be setbacks, but that's just part of the game, isn't it? Perhaps, Mark, but sometimes the game needs to be fair, too. And right now, it seems like the odds are stacked against many. I just hope that there's a thoughtful, empathetic resolution to this issue, one that takes into account the interests of all stakeholders. Story number two. According to the BBC, a U.S. military aircraft, a CV-22 Osprey, has crashed off Yakushima Island in Japan. The plane was attempting to land at Yakushima Airport with one engine on fire. The Japan Coast Guard has confirmed one fatality and is conducting a search and rescue operation. The Osprey, which can function as a helicopter and a turboprop aircraft, has been involved in previous fatal crashes. The cause of the crash is currently unknown. 
Why do we keep seeing these kinds of incidents, Linda? This isn't the first time an Osprey aircraft has been involved in a crash. It's concerning, especially given that these are military aircraft designed to function in challenging conditions. It's certainly not the first time. The CV-22 Osprey, being a hybrid aircraft with both helicopter and turboprop capabilities, has a unique design that's meant to offer more flexibility in operations. However, this complex design brings its own set of challenges. The Osprey has had a troubled history with several fatal crashes over the years, raising questions about its safety and reliability. So you're saying that the very thing that makes the Osprey unique is also its Achilles heel? That's quite a paradox, isn't it? In a way, yes. The Osprey's unique tiltrotor design allows it to take off and land like a helicopter while flying as fast and as far as a conventional fixed-wing aircraft. But this very versatility comes with increased technical complexity, which can potentially lead to more things going wrong. Of course, that's not to say that every crash is due to design faults. There could be a number of factors at play in each incident, right? Absolutely. Each incident has its own unique set of circumstances. Mechanical failures, human errors, adverse weather conditions, or a combination of these factors could be at play. However, the repeated involvement of ospreys in accidents does warrant a closer look into whether there are inherent problems with the aircraft's design or operational procedures. Right. And I guess this also brings up the question of how these incidents impact the relationship between the U.S. and host countries like Japan, where thousands of our troops are stationed. That's a valid point, Mark. Such incidents can indeed strain diplomatic relations. There's often local opposition to U.S. bases, particularly in Okinawa, due to concerns over safety, noise, and environmental impacts. Incidents like this can exacerbate these tensions. It's a delicate balance between maintaining military readiness and ensuring the safety and well-being of local communities. Not to mention the morale of our troops. I mean, they're the ones putting their lives on the line every day in these machines. The safety and well-being of our servicemen and women should always be paramount. These incidents highlight the inherent risks of military service, but they also underscore the importance of rigorous safety standards, proper training, and equipment maintenance. It's a stark reminder of the sacrifices our men and women in uniform make in the line of duty. Story number three. Wall Street's appetite for stocks has been ignited by hopes of an economic soft landing and the possibility of the Federal Reserve pulling back on interest rates, as reported by Reuters. The S&P 500 is on track for its biggest monthly gain since July 2022, with concerns about slowing growth and potential inflationary rebound in 2024 easing. Investors expect the Fed to begin easing monetary policy in the first half of 2024, leading to increased confidence in a peak in inflation and interest rates. The prospects for rate cuts received a boost after Fed Governor Christopher Waller hinted at lower interest rates if inflation continued to ease. However, not everyone is convinced the Fed is done raising rates, and some investors believe the monetary tightening will eventually slow the economy more severely. It's quite something, isn't it? Wall Street's appetite for stocks is booming despite concerns of slowing growth and potential inflationary rebound in 2024. The S&P 500 is up about 9% in November, which is the biggest monthly gain since July 2022. And the fact that trends that were worrying investors throughout 2023, like the climbing dollar and elevated U.S. Treasury yields, are reversing, is definitely contributing to this renewed confidence. The fear gauge is also at post-pandemic lows. Hayton, 
Yes, absolutely. The market's responses indicate a shift in investor sentiments. Clearly, they're expecting the Federal Reserve to begin easing monetary policy in the first half of 2024, reducing the fear of rates staying higher for longer. This was one of the main concerns earlier. Now with the cuts being priced as early as May 2024, it's certainly changed the narrative. Right. The so-called Goldilocks scenario seems to be gaining traction too, doesn't it? The U.S. economy might emerge relatively unscathed from the 525 basis points of rate increases the Fed has delivered since March 2022. Recent data, including reports showing slower job growth and cooling consumer prices, are adding to this optimism. I agree, Mark. But there's also the fact that these prospects for rate cuts got a significant boost after the Fed governor, Christopher Waller, hinted at lower interest rates in the future if inflation continued to ease. However, it's essential to remember that not everyone is convinced the Fed is done raising rates. Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin said he is not willing to take the option of another rate hike off the table in case inflation flares again. Yeah, that's a good point, Linda. And we have to consider that some investors are also wary that the Fed's monetary tightening hasn't yet had its full impact and might eventually slow the economy more severely. However, let's not forget that the S&P 500 is up about 19% year-to-date and within striking distance of a fresh record high. That's a pretty solid sign of market optimism, wouldn't you say? Certainly, Mark. But as we've seen in the past, market optimism can be a double-edged sword. It's not uncommon for investors to underestimate the potential downside risks, especially when the market is performing well. We need to remember that economic indicators and market performance don't always align perfectly. And there's always the danger of over-optimism, leading to an overheated market. Story number four. In a report from The Guardian, the UK Biobank, a biomedical research project, has announced that it will release genetic data on 500,000 volunteers for scientific study. This represents the largest ever collection of whole genome sequences made available for medical research. The data will be used to investigate the genetics of various health conditions, including obesity, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, and sleep patterns. Researchers hope that the data will enable them to calculate individual risk scores for diseases and gain a deeper understanding of genetic conditions. Access to the data will be granted to approved scientists who will study the genomes through a protected database. Should we not be celebrating the fact that we've stepped into a future of medical science where we can predict an individual's risk of diseases before they even occur? It's like we've been handed a crystal ball that can see into our genetic future. The UK Biobank releasing the genetic data of half a million volunteers? That's huge, isn't it? Yes, Mark, it is truly extraordinary. This data opens up a new avenue for researchers to dig deeper into the causes of diseases, both genetic and lifestyle-related. Imagine the potential of early screening for those with high-risk scores for cancers or other diseases. It could truly revolutionize the way we approach treatments. It's not just about treating diseases, but preventing them. And with this scale of genetic data available, we are looking at potential breakthroughs in understanding even the rarest of genetic conditions. However, that said, we shouldn't ignore the elephant in the room, the privacy concerns. There are serious ethical considerations when it comes to handling such sensitive data. We need to ensure that privacy is not compromised and that the data is used responsibly for the sole purpose of advancing medical research. In addition, 
we must consider the implications this could have on insurance and employment. The potential for discrimination based on genetic predispositions is a real concern. Exactly. Moreover, we need to ensure the general public has a good grasp on what this all means. Genetics isn't a straightforward field. We don't want people worrying unnecessarily about their health based on a misunderstanding of their genetic risk. That's a great point, Mark. Education will play a vital role in this, both for patients and healthcare professionals. Understanding genetics and disease risk is one thing, but using that information to inform health behaviors and medical decisions is another. It's a complex landscape, but one that holds a great deal of promise. Story number five. In a report from NPR, the U.S. Justice Department has charged an Indian national, Nikhil Gupta, for allegedly participating in a murder-for-hire plot on American soil. The plot was orchestrated by an Indian government employee and targeted a leader in the Sikh separatist movement, Gurpatwant Singh Panoon. The indictment states that U.S. law enforcement foiled the plan, but this incident raises questions about India's actions abroad especially after Canada accused Indian government agents of murdering a Sikh community leader. Gupta, who was arrested in the Czech Republic in June, faces charges of murder-for-hire and murder-for-hire conspiracy. The court papers do not identify the intended victim, but Panam confirmed that he was the target. The Indian government has not yet commented on the charges. The indictment reveals that the Indian government employee recruited Gupta, promising to secure the dismissal of a criminal case against him in India. Gupta then contacted an individual to arrange a hitman who turned out to be an undercover DEA officer. Gupta agreed to pay $100,000 for the murder and made a $15,000 cash down payment. The Indian government employee provided details about the intended target, including their address and daily routine. The indictment mentions that Hardeep Singh Nijar, an associate of Gupta's intended target, was murdered in Canada shortly before Gupta's arrest. How about that, Linda? An alleged murder-for-hire plot foiled right here on American soil. It's quite unsettling to think that foreign governments might be orchestrating such dangerous activities in other countries. This isn't a spy movie. This is real life. It's disturbing to think about, and it raises serious questions about international law, sovereignty, and the safety of individuals globally. This isn't an isolated incident. History is littered with instances like these. Remember the assassination of Leon Trotsky in Mexico? Or even more recently, the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi in the Saudi Arabian consulate in Turkey. Yes, you're absolutely right, Linda. And what's concerning is the pattern that seems to be emerging. These are not random acts of violence, but calculated moves often motivated by political agendas. And that's a scary prospect. Yes, Mark. The repercussions are far-reaching, too. Such actions can severely undermine trust between nations. And when trust erodes... It can lead to serious diplomatic complications and tensions. Hmm. It's also worth noting that this alleged plot was aimed at an American citizen who is a leader in the Sikh separatist movement. Now that adds a whole different layer to the issue. There's the question of protecting the rights and safety of individuals who may be seen as threats or enemies by foreign governments, even when they are on home ground. Yes, Mark. It raises critical questions about how countries like the U.S. and Canada can ensure the security of their residents. And it also brings up the issue of political refugees and asylum seekers who may be living under the constant threat of such extra-legal activities. Right, right. Now, of course, we don't have all the details yet. But the fact that an alleged plot was thwarted thanks to law enforcement is a testament to the vigilance of our security agencies. 
It's a grim reminder of the importance of their work in maintaining our safety. It's a complex issue with many layers. But as disconcerting as this news is, it's crucial that we continue to discuss and shed light on these matters. Because understanding is the first step to preventing such incidents in the future. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.